You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Julie. Oh, boy. Our wives have hijacked the show, Andy. They have hijacked this show. Hijacked the show. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode here. Uh, this is a very special episode. We've got more. We've got in-studio guests. We've got out-of-studio guests, our virtual guests, which we're going to get to in just a second. Uh, but today, we are talking, Andy, about how we care for ourselves and care for others in a family. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of children and a lot of family family stuff represented in, in all of these. In all of these people that are here in the studio. People. So uh, we do have our friends uh, April and John with us tonight. We're going to introduce them in just a second uh, because uh, they offer, uh, well, they're a little bit farther down the road, shall I say, in their parenting and family journey. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think they're smart people and they know some things. So we're going to talk to them in a little bit. But first, Andy, before we do, let's get right to the sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Everance Financial, helping members invest in what lasts through financial services with impact. More at everance.com slash Michiana. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, and also brought to you by our good friend DJ over at Concrete Barber. Uh, be sure to check over ConcreteBarber.com to schedule your appointment. Check out any number of the luscious uh, hair and beard products he's got over there. And, uh, and also uh, Concrete Barber, a, a fantastic social media presence, dare I say. Absolutely. Uh, Concrete Barber official, Barber of the Dudes and Dads podcast. Thanks so much. Okay, Andy. Joel, let's bring our guests in. Let's bring our guests on tonight. Good. <laughs> So we have with us John and April Heffleck. Welcome, welcome guys to the show. Oh, hi guys! Look at and and they've got hey. they both wear glasses, which means they're super smart. Uh, you can just tell they're <laughs> super smart people. And John, John, are those new? Are those new glasses? I think at least from what I've seen you last. Are the, I've not I've not seen these on you. I don't think. Yes, yeah, I think they're new since we've chatted. Nice. You look very studious. You really do. Uh, so good for you. Uh, John and April, uh, we have all connected a few years ago, have been uh, just, dare I say, some of the best friends that we can be from a distance. Well, I, ju distance. I just met April in in February at Flour Flourishing right. at the conference Gosh. we were at. Yes. And uh, John was not there, so I'm sorry I missed you, John, yeah, but sometime we we'll actually meet. We will, and it'll be magical. Uh, John and April currently hail from the magical metropolis of Evansville, Indiana. So... Uh, John and April, how about you just, uh, you, you, here's the thing. You can either introduce yourselves or you can introduce your spouse. We can really, oh, make, that'd be good. Yeah. Really mix it up and, uh, tell us, tell us about yourselves. Well, April is the bereavement coordinator at St. Anthony's hospice in Henderson, Kentucky, because Evansville's right on the Ohio river. So she works in Kentucky and does groups and individual counseling for families who have lost someone recently. And John is first and foremost my husband of twenty six years. Something yeah, like something like that. <laughs> Sounds right. So it's it's been a while, and he currently is an outreach director slash pastor at a local church here. 
Ian is involved in a lot of work for uh, reconciliation in our neighborhoods and community and um, helping mobilize those in our church to serve the marginalized and underreached people in our area. That's yeah. Good. You guys nailed the introduction. That's so kind. Such kind introductions. That's really, really wonderful. Uh, Andy, we should also, we should introduce our wives. We should. All right. So <laughs> we have uh, Julie here is my wife uh, in the Notre Dame sweatshirt. Nice. And uh, she, we have been married since 2004. I don't do math, so I'm not gonna go over there but uh yes so welcome julie and uh this is my wife jackie we have also been married for a time a spell uh since uh 2006 june 17th specifically uh you're welcome and uh so that's what gosh that is going on 16 years that's 16 years for us so that i'm eight going on 18 for you okay i helped you with the math thanks uh and so Julie uh, is a pastor here at Clinton Frame, uh, amongst many other roles that she uh, handles. And, and my wife is uh, my wife's a sales director at a, uh, at a company here in the local area. Uh, she's kind of a big deal, I like to say. So, but we, we invited them on because they all, we, we think this is an important topic tonight. Yeah. Talking about yeah. family care and family self-care and all of that and making sure that your family has rest. and and just is able to to keep up with the the pace, if I say right. Yes, the pace. So okay, so let's just John and April. I'm going to ask you this first question, uh, and this is a this is a question um, that I I think so many families face. I think uh, the seasons change as our kids are at different uh, stages and ages. Uh, when you guys, because you guys have been in vocational ministry in different kinds of settings and everything that comes with that and the stresses of that and the time crunches of all of that. Uh, what have been some like guiding principles for you guys as you have tried to uh, have healthy rhythms in life as a family and then, and then you as individuals within the family um, over the years? What would have been some successes and what have been some challenges for you all? Um. Challenges are always easier to uh, come up with first. Um, I think one of the first challenges that comes to mind is um, when we have both been doing some sort of work or ministry outside of our Mm -hmm. family. And we both are fairly passionate people and love to put our 100% into things. And um, really being learning to keep a pulse on our family and our marriage has been vital. Um, there have been times, especially early on, that we didn't know what that meant, nor how to do that, how to really um, gauge where we were at as a couple, uh, because we're wherever we are, we are 100% in. And that means sometimes um, we miss the needs that our family have or miss the warning signs or the um, the light that shows that the tank is getting empty in the relationship or on low. So um, learning to keep a pulse as we're serving, like to intentionally gauge. So our children are used to gathering around the table 
after we do something together, go somewhere together, or just um, in a busy week together around the table and to say, okay, how was that for you? And if we don't initiate it, they initiate it. They bring it up. So if it's vacation, if it's a project, if it's a wedding, if it's a funeral, you name it, we're going to gather around the table and everyone is getting going to get an opportunity to share what that was like for them. This is huge and it has been huge for us. I think it's probably one of the core values or um, practices as a family to engage one another's hearts and to truly see one another in the busyness of life. So that's a, it's a, an intentional debrief essentially from when you're, when you're any sort of activity, family related activity. Um, what? So what happens in that debrief? If one of the kid, if one of the kiddos, cause I'm just going to put this out there. You guys know where I'm going. If one of the kiddos was like, I think that was the best thing ever that we could have possibly have done. And then the other one is like, I think it was stupid and <laughs> I don't know why we did that. And it was a, it was a waste of time. Is, is that space that you guys create is, is it also an opportunity to work through a conflict like that? Um, and if so, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah. You only get the honesty if you can create a safe space for the uh, thoughts and opinions and realities uh, uh, of everybody around the table. So uh, there definitely uh, were times where we had to mediate uh, some things and, and teach peacemaking skills. Uh, let's, uh, how could you say that in a way that would be more easily heard <laughs> or something like that uh, instead of uh, accusatory or instead of, you know, I, the, the arguments in the backseat on the way home from the trips and, you know, all, all those kind of things. Uh, so it's got to be a safe place. Everybody's opinion and thoughts have to be respected, uh, or else it, it just won't work. Really good. What What's that look like for you, Julie and Jackie? Like for our families? Like what's it look like? Do we have something similar? If so, how does that work? April, how old were you guys when you figured out how to do that? <laughs> You know, I don't even know if it was something that we intentionally tried to do. Um, but oh goodness, let's see. Our oldest was probably probably 11. So No, it happened before that uh informally and I remember it happening during um a real hard season for April. Oh, yeah. And we as a family, mm -hmm. April was struggling and we as a family couldn't figure out how to rebalance. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit of a, of a response to a, a very stressful whole family situation. So in that case, it was out of necessity naming naming the elephant that was in the room that we knew everyone was experiencing. Yeah. And you were honest about it. There was no secrets in, in the scenario. Um, appropriately honest. 
uh, as you can be with, with uh, grade school age kids. But uh, everybody was allowed to have in a thought and everybody was allowed to have an experience um, and a feeling about what mom was going through. And that was okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that really set tones for other challenging spots in family in our family, uh, whether it be extended family or personally, you know, as we've kind of moved through life. Mm-hmm. I think we probably do that somewhat informally individually with our different kids at different times when they're going through some things. Um, I think I love that. I love the idea of sitting around the table and making that a safe space. One. So each kid or member of the family can talk about the experience they had, but also creating a space for safety and talking about it and also safety in learning and listening to somebody else mm-hmm. kind of talk and process mm-hmm. through. Um, yeah, I would love to incorporate that. I don't know that we're great at always being intentional about that kind of stuff. Well, and, and I just think, and I'm sure for, for you guys, it's like, as with so many things, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. So they're like, mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna have to fight for that, that time. Cause I'm, I'm guessing for you, April and John, like though that sacred space didn't just happen. Like you were, mm-hmm. you were going to have to, to etch it out and, and on the, and on the calendar. And I, like, I think of like for you, Andy and Julie, yeah. like, like you guys, like I thought, I don't know. I feel like you guys right now are are vying for the, I don't know if there's a trophy we can give to you, but like, there's a lot of stuff on your plate. Like with all the kids, mm-hmm. a lot of different interests and mm-hmm. interests that are not like, how shall I say there it's, it's, they're it's not a wide range of correct. stuff. Correct. It is a real smorgasbord cornucopia of interest that involve a lot of time, a lot of time and attention mm-hmm. as, as well. And so I would just imagine uh, in light of all of that, that, I don't know that just finding the space and the time is additionally difficult. Yeah. And actually John and April, I was going to ask you guys in your family makeup, as I think about how we kind of do informally check in around the table, um, one-on-one, maybe just in the living room when we're all gathered together, do you have the thing that keeps coming to mind is the, the, the squeaky wheel is the one that gets the oil. So what do you do for those that are maybe not as, as squeaky? Is that something that you encountered? I, I mean, I just think of our, our range of personalities <laughs> and there are who all over the place. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, uh, as you were all talking, I was thinking about how um, one of our children is the initiator of those debriefing. Uh, she she wants that debriefing no matter what <laughs> the other two would kind of be fine without it but she we could go to the grocery store and she wants to know mm-hmm. what it was like for all of us you know what was the experience how did you feel when the cashier said this so you know um then we have uh, one of our one of our children is just really off the radar and has to be invited into the conversation. And we've really had to role model that with our kids and, and be intentional about that, about um, creating a space to where everyone gets a chance. And I think 
I think board games actually as a family has Mm -hmm. helped this because you're learning. Everyone takes a turn. Everyone um, plays differently. Everyone has different ideas. Everyone has different levels of competition. And, um, and then you learn some of the games that are team oriented, but I think that has also helped us as a family to know how to have these spaces where even our quieter, less squeaky wheels are invited to share. And um, now our kids are old enough, you know, they're out of the home, they're adults, well, kind of, and (laughs) college college age. But when we have had these on family vacation, they initiate it. That's not dependent on us anymore. The conversation they draw out from one another, they invite more conversation from one another. So, um, but you know, when they were little, we sure did have to sort of say, okay, so-and-so's turn now. It's sort Mm. of like managing that um, ruckus small group in church, you know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a little similar. I think that gives me a little bit of hope. I, I feel like, and maybe you guys are still, I feel like you know this feeling of like, I really hope that all this attention that we are giving to trying to help them communicate well with each other right now is going to yield the kind of thing that John and Abel yeah, are talking absolutely. about someday where it's like, oh, they, they can carry on their own conversations and engage in polite conversation and, and, and all those things. Um, John and Abel, do you feel, I mean, I get the sense, I think, like your kids, they like each other now. Yeah. For the most part, I would say what? 90% of the time. Hey, you're 90% of the time. You're killing it. You're killing it. And you mentioned you've got adult kids. Now, what are their, what are your kids' age ages now? A daughter is uh, 23 and just got married this past summer to her high school sweetheart. Uh, She's going to be graduating college uh, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we have a son who's a junior in college or sophomore in college and a son who is a freshman in college. Wow. What a time to be alive guys. Jeez. <laughs> so, um, it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spread them out. It's way too much. It's way too much. <laughs> right in a row. Right. Julie, we, we messed that up then. All of ours are oh. bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Golly. If only we hadn't been so busy. Um, so, I, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the polite, that's the polite way of saying it. Um, when, when do, you know, cause the conversation also that we're, we're having all the time, like Andy and I constantly joke about, and this is something that it's on my mind. We're, we, we joke about like our fear of that at any given time that we are screwing the kids, screwing our kids up and that, uh, that we're neglecting something, you know, as, as hard as we try, it's like that we're neglecting, um, that we're neglecting something in their development that's going to like, like show rear its ugly head, uh, later in life. Like we won't even necessarily be aware of it now, but that, you know, oh, are we, are we doing something though? You know, I was, I was actually at a, at a parenting seminar here, uh, just this, uh, this weekend. And, uh, just a, one of the authors that I've really come to, I'm reading and reading more of his stuff, but Dr. Marcus Warner, and he's with an organization uh, called Deeper Walk Ministries. You know, he, he was talking specifically to the idea, and I'd love just to get, hear what you guys think about this, that 
we need as parents when it comes to our, our kids and how they're being formed and, and how they're and how we're helping care for them and all of that. We need to be less worried about final outcomes and more concerned with just our present daily interaction with them and, and instilling what, what they have argued basically is instilling fundamental um, uh, frameworks of joy in our kids uh, lives. Um, do you, when it comes to you guys thinking, uh, John April, when it comes to you guys thinking about, uh, cause you've talked about a kind of a regular, like a rhythm of, of kind of this debrief around, around the table. What, what daily rhythms have you found, uh, over time? And it might vary again from, from kid to kid that have helped you be present with your, like present with your children and who they are, um, on a, on a daily basis. Cause I think all of us are like so many times right now in this day, stage of life, I'm like this day went by and I'm not sure. I'm not sure I even fed all of them properly, let alone, right. had a, you know, let alone had a, a meaningful it's 10 o'clock and I'm just sitting down now. Yeah. Like a meaningful conversation. Um, anything, that, anything that you guys feel like worked for you um, as you were, as you were going along in your parenting. Well, when they were little, doing the standard bedtime routines and those kind of things, making sure to, to try to capitalize on those moments. Um, I think we were more of a free form uh, kind of family and where we raised our kids was uh, in student housing at Columbia international university, which was a trailer park. Uh, so uh, I like the way, was, I like the way you said you were like student housing and to be clear, a trailer to park. be clear. Gotcha. Yes. So yeah. uh, living in, you know, growing up, they grew up in about 800 square feet uh, of, of tin that could be moved. So <laughs> it was, uh, it, we were literally a mobile home. Uh, so we were, I guess maybe homeless. I don't know for that time frame, but it was, uh, it was very small and it, we had to deal with each other. Mm. There was no running away, uh, in 800 square feet. And so every night before bed was the, okay, how are you doing with each other? How are, you know, how are we doing? So there was, you know, pretty nightly conversations. Um, I, I can't say that we were really great about the formal sit down devotions and those kind of things. I know a lot of families do that. And I think it's awesome. Um, that was not, uh, our strength. We were, uh, probably more, uh, spiritual stuff on the go. Mm -hmm. Um, when kids would come home and this person said that, or had this experience at school, or I learned this and what do you think about it? Mm -hmm. Um, just being intentional about pausing and taking those moments. So I think it's both a, a, a check-in structure, but I know where we tipped our scale was we were afraid of the pastor's kids who didn't want to be around Jesus anymore mm. because of the pastoring and because of the church and how people treated them and stuff like that. So we tended to low key a lot of those formal elements and try to raise up the on the fly stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think yeah. uh, to add to that, we, um, well, what comes to mind is the concept of rupture and repair. The truth is the attachment or the bond that we create with our children 
Um, this side of heaven is never completely secure. We will all fail our kids. Like it just is a reality. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow as a young mom. Um, I didn't want to fail my kids. I wanted to be everything that um, I had not had or what I thought a good mom should be and the perfect Christian family and a lot of uh, idealism. Um, but the reality is, is most of us are just good enough parents. And uh, more and more research is showing that that's actually enough. That what really helps create a healthy attachment and bond is not that you do not hurt your kids feelings or hurt them unintentionally, but that when you do, you will repair with them and you will be swift in the repair. And that I think is probably one of the most important things to me as a mom. Um, I think of a time at a, a fast food restaurant we were ordering the food and I bit the lady's head off that was serving us and my little kids were standing around me and I remember seeing their faces and in that moment I knew they needed to see me apologize to the woman behind the counter and to go out of my way to take ownership of what I had said what I had done and the same thing with my kids. It's knowing, oh, I was harsh when I said that and to humble myself and to go back and to repair. Um, that's been huge, I think, mm -hmm. for our family. Yeah. Huge for my own heart to have that practice of reviewing and um, noticing where there's been rupture and being intentional about that repair. And I think, uh, I, I mean, I hope uh, that is um, something that we've passed on to them. So Andy, uh, Julie and Jackie, um, when you hear the words, I, I love that the words repair and being mm -hmm. quick to repair. What, what comes to your mind in terms of, in terms of our, our families, um, where, like, how do you think we're doing with repair? I guess, hon, I'll just, I, I'll start with you. Like, how do you think we, how do you think we do with repair or what's the challenge to, I think what's the challenge to repair, uh, particularly? I think, so Joel is endlessly more patient than I am. And I think it goes back to the topic, right? Self-care. I, it's not something that I'm great at. It's not something that I do naturally. So then over time, I'm more and more spent. So then I am less and less patient. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I'm entering into rupture and repair these days fairly frequently of my own accord. Like when April uses the word harsh, I can very quickly lose my patience and enter being harsh or speaking harshly to them and then going back around and apologizing and often thinking how many times I'm, are they really going to hear my apology? I, I have to say, I mean the same thing for me too. I'm, I'm quick to respond and may not be thinking of how that comes across. And yeah, I, I find myself in the same situation where it's like, okay, I gotta keep asking for your forgiveness. I gotta keep, keep repairing this relationship, which, you know, in, uh, 
if if you're leading Jackie and I were talking about this the other night, if you if you're leading what, what we call a parent centered home where uh, basically that the house is operated uh, in light of not upsetting mom and dad, like if, if that's the way where where kids are learning that, OK, whatever we do, mom and dad can't be upset. Um, then first of so first of all, then that short I think it, it can short circuit that repair uh, component there, right? Because it's like, it's like, well, the goal is not that we live life together and then we apologize together well, or we make things right. It's that we just, we don't, we, we don't have an offense period. There's no, there's zero offense in the house, which is, is an unrealistic, I think it's an unrealistic goal in it in itself. But Julie, how have you, like, you know, Andy, I've heard Andy here obviously say that he feels like he responds quickly. How have you guys, because I know when, when, when Jackie, like when Jackie has had a particularly intense day, I'm usually somewhat aware of it. Um, I'm usually well aware of it. I get the, the vibes, the aura, you know, when she comes in the, in the front door. How have you guys navigated the whole thing of like when your spouse is reacting really strongly to something and you're like, this is not okay. Um, and I feel like I need to do something about this. But again, I want to honor my, I want to honor my spouse. I don't, I don't want to have an inappropriate argument in front of my kids about how my my spouse is parenting. Um, how how have you like how have you guys managed managed that? Because I, I I think that has been a conversation with you, <laughs> if I recall, maybe once or twice. Yeah, once or twice we've had that conversation. I mean, like you said, it's a lot for us of um, making sure it's the appropriate time in the appropriate space. Um, Andy is really pretty good about picking up on my vibe and vice versa. So, so we are um, not trying to put the responsibility on the other one, but um, running interference a little bit for that. Uh, and when Andy has known that I've had a really long day at work or I'm carrying a lot that day, um, he's, he's good about talking with the kids like, Hey, like mom, mom just needs a little bit of space right now. Let's, let's give mom, let's give mom some time. Let's give mom some quiet or whatever um, like that. But then, uh, you know, we've just allowed each other to, to call, call the other one out if we see mm-hmm. something that's, that's not right, but trying to do that, you know, Okay. In a loving, in a, well, in a loving way, and and not in front of our kids, because certainly we do not want to, we we don't want to uh, look like we have everything you know are perfect and figured out, but uh, we also don't want to be setting the example of cutting each other down necessarily mm-hmm. in front of the kids. Well, and the older they, get, I mean, the older they get the smarter they get about these things, right? Sure. And and they will capitalize on mm-hmm. on any perceived tension between mom and mom and dad. They're like sharks. They smell blood. <laughs> yeah. Smell blood in the water from, from from miles away. Um, so I just I do want to just shift a little bit to okay. So because we are talking a lot about how as a family we we process and reflect. I I also want to just talk about. Um, I think so much of our ability to do that as a family also comes back to our ability as individuals to do that mm-hmm. to find to find rhythms of health. Um, in our, in our life where, uh, we are, you know, trying to at least trying to 
trying to increase our our sort of our coping range and maybe lessen our uh, tendency toward heavy reaction and things like that, which a lot of that has to do with uh, living in rhythms of um, of, of self care, of rest and self care. And I, I, mean, I think definitely when times that we're we're just in a straight rhythm and we're getting you know to do to do to do to do is more of the times that we get out of out of the normal we're more likely to make those snap reactions and act out on our on our family so so john i'm going to throw it over to you um in i mean you guys have had just a, a fair amount in the last handful of years you've had a a considerable amount of you've moved from different places uh different ministry contexts, and then Throw in as with all of us the uh, the the perils of uh, trying to lead an organization during during the COVID years. Um, you know, I always wonder if there'll be a sitcom that's named that, the like COVID the, years. like the wonder. It was like the wonder years. Will there be the COVID years uh, where just no one leaves their home? Uh, John, for you in those in in just in recent years, I just I'm wondering. What has self care? What are the rhythm, rhythms of self care for you as as a dude and as a dad? Um, what what have they what have they looked like? And what are you what are you currently working on? And what are you working toward? Well, uh, so I think self care for any of us individually look different as your family moves through the generation, like the different facets of development of your your kids. So. I think it's one thing that I never heard when we first started dating and got married was that you're going to have many different uh, marriage relationship contracts and you'll have many different uh, developmental contracts with your kids too. So you will parent them differently as they move through life. And you'll relate to your spouse differently. Your rules will change a little bit. Your expectations will change. And so your self-care has to change with all of that. And if it doesn't, it, it, it just isn't going to work. Um, it has to mature and grow sometimes more flexible, sometimes more rigid. Um, right now, uh, I don't feel like I can be a, a human being unless I'm physically active and sweating at times. So I have to go work out. That was something that I just desperately missed during the pandemic. Um, and I just got lazy a little bit too, because I, I like to be around people and you know, that whole pandemic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the, 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 my baseline is physical activity. And then on top of that, um, I get up first, have coffee first and, and space is important in my morning. I think because I really love to be around people, I need that kind of deep like zone out time a little bit. Um, but my intentionality now uh, in self-care is I'm uh, re-engaging the Bible in a way uh, of trying to spend some uh, time uh, trying to picture myself in stories and being, uh, and trying to feel and smell and, and almost enter an aesthetic of scripture. It's, it's, it's brought some new facets to the Bible to me. 
and I think help me integrate a little bit. I tend to be in my head way too much and like to look at etymologies of words. And so it, that part of it has grounded me a little bit more. So I think that's my cutting edge right now of self-care is, is doing that. Um, I want to say meditation because I guess that's a form of meditation um, in scripture. But again, that baseline is I got to be sweating most days. So April for, uh, for you as, uh, as time has gone on. And again, April is somebody uh, that I, everybody here at this table would look to and say, uh, Hey, we, we, April has helpful words for these, for these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And does a lot of, does a lot of care for women specifically in these areas and you've worked with families too. Well, I, I think yep. that I, so one of the workshops that I went to at our conference was the self care for the unofficial pastor. And I don't think April was expecting a dude to be in the, the group, but I showed up at a boy, at a boy, Andy. Yes. So and it, made me, it made me so happy that Andy was there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good, good representation. Um, April, what does it look like for you uh, on the self care side? Uh, how's it developed and, and where are you at now? Oh, I think like John was saying, obviously it has looked different over the years. Um, one thing I learned early on in the years is how much I need silence and solitude uh, to listen and take notice and just kind of be with the Lord, just be present. Um, But I I, uh, need that lack of stimulation. My nervous system needs it. My heart needs it. My mind needs it. My body needs it. And that was really hard to find as a young mom. And I oftentimes felt selfish to try to take that. But what happened is when I wouldn't be intentional about that, I would end up taking it in unhealthy ways. So I would be physically present with my children, but emotionally not present um, because I was desperate to kind of retreat and rest in that way. And that's far more confusing for kids. That's um, even hurtful to kids as far as it can be misinterpreted. And, and um, I started to learn that, listen, this is part of me stewarding my body, my heart, my mind, my nervous system, my everything. And um, I'm actually a better wife, mom, woman when I do take care of myself. So space for silence, solitude is um, really, really important. Recently, um, now I have lots of space uh, in comparison as my children have moved on. And um, so finding that is not difficult. But I think recently what God has been doing is sort of uh, getting me connected into um, my body. I don't even know how to describe this as a spiritual practice, but taking notice and good care of my body. And I'm just really only in the beginning of this, uh, process of taking notice of my breathing, taking notice when my breathing is shallow, taking notice when I have muscle tension, um, and, uh, caring for that and nurturing it 
um, throughout my days and uh, expressing gratitude for the body God has given to me and um, stewarding it. So that's a really big, um, I don't, I don't even think I have words to uh, put the weight and what God is teaching me um, through that yet. It's so embryonic right now um, and fresh, but um, exciting to learn about my body and value my nervous system and um, learn, oh, I need a little bit of, um, you know, oxytocin. I need some connection here. (laughs) You know, I need, I need some vitamin D and uh, release of some of my adrenaline and these things that help me really be aware of how God created me. It's very empowering in some ways and um, takes the shame out of certain things. And it's just a beautiful process, but I'm just at the beginning steps of it. Yeah. I, so, uh, April, as you were saying, uh, I, I'm looking over here to Julian, Jackie, as you were saying about the whole, the whole guilt component of taking the time of, of investing mm-hmm. in yourself that way. Uh, I, I saw some, some strong agreement, uh, over here from, from, <laughs> from our, from our wives, guilty, feeling selfish. What do you, what do you like? I'd love to hear from you guys what you has that been a, a reality for you guys? It's definitely been a reality for me. It feels, I, I mean, as April's talking about how, well, then you'll take it in unhealthy ways that also like, yes, rings true in my life. I see that um, when I'm not being intentional about seeking out uh, for me, silence and stillness, uh, I'm going to start numbing out in front of my phone where I may be physically present with my kids, but there's something else that's occupying my, my brain space. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can come up with any reason to justify why I shouldn't do something that I know I should do. So not a healthy thing, but that is the reality. I think there's a lot of when April was saying being like a really good mom in this space and a really good, you know, all of the things and, wanting to do all of them really well. I think it becomes really hard to figure out how to balance all of those things. So like at work, I have to be really good at work. And then at home, I have to be really good at all of the home things. And there's never quite enough minutes in the day. So if I, it, what it feels like to me is if I take this time, like I only have these, this many minutes before I have to do something else or go back to work or whatever. So if I, take this time for silence and solitude, the cost is so great in the other areas. So if I choose to say, okay, I'm coming home from work and I'm not going to do all of the home things, then at some point I have to pay for that. So if I say like this weekend or even just right now, yes, while we're at this podcast, I have like mountains of laundry that need to be folded. So there's a cost in doing this as opposed to doing that. And the cost is like the chaos of the week. Mm. So which has a greater cost is what mm-hmm. it feels like it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What do, what do you think, April? Oh, that's so good. That's such, it's such a, a um, Jackie is speaking so much truth and wisdom because it's such a tension, you know, in our everyday lives, we are, 
we can only fit so much on the plate. And if we put something else on the plate, something is going to have to be removed. And if we try to keep all of it on the plate, it's likely that everything on the plate is going to be lessened in its flavor, in its value, it, it, everything will be impacted. So it's this constant um, push and pull and juggle that we have. And um, oftentimes are carrying just way too much on our plates. And I, I, I once had a mentor say to me, um, you know, God is going to give you exactly what you need to be faithful and complete what he has called you to do. The issue is too many of us are attempting to do things that God did not call us to do or that are not our responsibility. And so there are things on my plate that sometimes I put on my plate or standards or um, just uh, just perceptions of what I should be and what I should achieve that I put on the plate that God's not really calling me to put on the plate (laughs) that um, actually is taking up a lot of space and time that is not um, intended for me. And so, you know, in my own life, I've really had to figure out and learn because Jackie's right. Like if you're going to put something else on it, it means something's going to have to come off. And, um, it's sort of reevaluating, okay, what comes off? And I love the fact the illustration, yeah, it's going to be the laundry. The laundry today is not going to get done. It's not going to be folded. There's going to be some consequences over the next few days. It's going to be chaotic. People can't find their undies in the morning. You know, people it's, like, it's like she knows our home. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really, really good. And it's, it's true. And uh, OK, and, and, and here's. And, and I, and I'm, I'm open to correction on this. And, and I, if I, if I need to be strongly rebuked, please go ahead. I, I think part of my conversation with Jackie with, with those things is for me, I believe that there are consequences and there are, there are, the, the, there are, there is a cost to those things. But when, when you care for yourself and you prioritize that, in the long run of everything we are we are better off and i think so much of it has to do with us us having to give you know convince ourselves of and give permission for temporary chaos call it whatever you will temporary chaos to be to be present there for the sake of have of 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 bringing more health into into our life and it feels like a, that's a weird paradox of like, hey, there's going to be more chaos here, or or seemingly, or I'm going to experience it that way, if I'm trying to bring greater peace here. And and I think the the peace and the rest and the good rhythms, I think that eventually catches up mm-hmm. and starts and starts making a, a shift. It, it just seems that maybe I don't know if we don't if we don't commit to things long enough, if we don't see things sometimes see things through to a, you know. Cause I, cause I know for like, I know for Jackie and probably in so many ways, and if I'm explaining this wrong, tell me, but it's like, you're, you're, you are able to say, okay, I went and tried and did this thing or I spent this time with this person. And then like, you can immediately be like, and now look at the, 
And now look at the consequence, right? <laughs> and now there are piles, you know, you could lose three small children under our laundry pile. No, no problem. And, um, and again, and that's, and I should say that has also has to do with me and how I'm figuring out trying to, trying to help with all of that. And our, our recent struggle has been really working on our chore chart with our kids. And like, I'm really trying to like oversee this. And the biggest thing has been guys, this is a huge help to mom. If she does not walk into a nightmare when she comes yeah. home and, and we are trying, we are trying that we really are, but I, uh, I, I got, well, I got more work. I got more work to do on that. My, my children don't fear me enough. I think that's the, that's the problem. I think the hard part is thinking about in raising them. Am I creating these children that don't actually know how to do the things, right? So if we're just saying, okay, we're just not going to worry about the laundry. Am I sending a greater message of like, I don't need to take care of this we can just live out of these baskets and then they go and get married someday and they like live in this <laughs> chaos of like endless baskets of laundry, not understanding that clothes go in drawers or like socks maybe should be matched or, you know, like we clean the house on a regular basis or different things like this. I feel like we're always living in this chaos that we're trying to kind of put together. So I think that's the greater concern is as we launch these children, Am I burdening some future daughter or son-in-law with this child that doesn't know how to like do the mm. things? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, can I? Uh, yep. The the chaos. What comes to my mind is the truth is in life we're going to have chaos, and it, whether we have self care or not whether we are intentional about caring for ourselves, our marriages and our families, there is going to be chaos that enters our life no matter what. But when we are negligent of self-care, that chaos feels like crisis. Mm. So now you've shifted from chaos to crisis. And that's a big sort of difference because no longer are you um, responding as much as you're reacting now when you move into crisis mode and when we start when we are consistently negligent to our self-care we are so much more vulnerable to moving into this just kind of putting fires out getting the task done saying things harshly clicking things mm -hmm. off the list and that is that is a reactionary kind of crisis mode versus if I am in chaos, there's chaos in my situation, but I am centered and tending to myself. I'm able to enter that chaos and manage it because I'm responding. I'm thinking it through, not reacting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really mm -hmm. appreciate that way of looking at that yeah it's helpful yeah i i don't know it feels like so much of my parenting is reactionary like uh, like uh, even on the and particularly on the hardest days where it's like i just want my kids do the things and stop <laughs> stop doing other things and uh you know but it, it's a it's it's a long haul and uh yeah i think yeah, I think those words are really, 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 really helpful as we're thinking through uh, 
yeah, creating creating crises for our for ourselves essentially. So, well, Andy, we're uh, we're getting to the the time in our show. Yes, where we like to to put our well, we're going to put our virtual guests through through the ringer, as it were. Now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Whoa. Yep. Oh. Yep. Buckle, so. buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> if you've never joined us for this segment, we just randomly ask. Well, not randomly. We have a card. A deck we have, of cards. We have but, a deck of cards that we pull from, and we ask you questions. So, are we going to ask Julie and Jackie too? We we will. Here's here's what we're going to do. I say we're going to ask. Uh, We'll ask John two questions. We'll ask April two questions. We'll so we'll do okay. two, 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 two. All right. Okay, and then we're and then we're just gonna see the ladies over here are laughing. We're gonna see how much carnage uh, we can, uh, we can create. Get into. Okay. Um. Here we go. Uh, first question is for John. John, are you ready? I think so. Okay. Well, you um, you're not. Let me just tell you, you're not ready. But here we go. Uh, when were your parents most disappointed in you? I love oh, this, this question. One. Yep. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> he's, th- he's thinking. Um, externally, when I didn't get good grades. Okay. Okay. You didn't get good grades, John, but you're, just, again, so studious and thoughtful. Like what? Occasionally, I uh, got a few things that I didn't quite do right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. All right, this one's for April. What would be your best day ever? Oh, you gave her that one, and uh, you gave uh, me. Sorry, that? that's not fair. Your, your next, your next question's a softball, John. Don't don't get your okay. Don't get your underwear in a bind. Here we go. Oh my gosh, that is a great question. My best day ever would be to have my husband and my children with me. Um, and to have complete freedom to just go kayaking and exploring and roast marshmallows and a little thrifting and just being with the people that I love the most in this world. That would be, I love that. Gosh, I can literally just say, we've got some ladies on this side of the screen that just want to like hug our TV right now. That <laughs> just really spoke to some hearts. Uh, John, uh, John, do you remember, do you know what your first screen name was? Um, yes. So I, I, early on, so we predate the internet. So, um, uh, we used, uh, John April. And Hallie is our daughter's name. So J-O-A-P-H-A. Joappa. 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 So not a Native American name, but uh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. April, who are your heroes in real life? Hmm. Um, um, I have some people in my life that have suffered greatly yet are still very faithful and still full of faith and goodness. And, um, those people would be my heroes. It's good. A faith that's like long suffering and persevering. 
good. Okay, Julie, we're over to you. What's the favorite thing you've bought so far this year? Uh, the, the thing that came to mind first, uh, so uh, Enneagram 9 here, it's really hard to name a favorite, <laughs> but I'll just go with the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I bought myself a new ceramic coffee cup with a handle, and it's got a nice, nice little non-skid bottom. It's it's the notch. it's the simple things though, isn't it? Right. Like when you get the right cup. Oh man, that's right. so good. All right, Jackie, which talent would you most like to have? This could go a lot of. There's a lot of talents that I wish that I can. Do I have them immediately? Like sure, I just wake yeah. up and I can do the you thing. I don't em. have to do like the work. <laughs> Absolutely, no, this is like a super. Like you, you right. want it, you have it. Yes. Like go go for it. I would love to like just sit down at the piano and be able to just play beautiful music, like just straight out of my fingertips. Sweet. All right, Joel. I'd like you to be able to do that as well. Um, Julie, <laughs> Ju- Julie, what is uh, what's left on your bucket list? Oh man, I have a bucket list that is forever long. Um, again, Enneagram nine, it's hard to narrow yeah, it down. So many things. Um, but right now, uh, travel is always at the top of my bucket list. So right now, uh, going, going to the Grand Canyon, going hiking with my family. Good one. All right, Jackie, last question. What are you currently curious about? Um, I'm curious about pretty much anything that I don't already know about. So I'm constantly reading things on Wikipedia <laughs> just because I've never heard them before what about talk to us what about plants would you say you have a curiosity around plants i feel like you're looking up plants a lot how to keep them alive yeah she's curious about how to yeah. keep plants alive so i just bought a new plant and it's like Ooh. five it's taller it's probably like six feet tall it's a fiddly fig and there was a brown spot on it today and now i'm terrified <laughs> That we have brought some sort of <laughs> pestilence into our home on this beautiful plant. And it's going to spread rapidly to all of the other ones and they're all going to die a slow plant death. But I'm hoping that it was just in transit, maybe a little damage to the leaves. In light of this, I think that uh, our the levels of laundry that we have to put away uh, are pale in comparison to what uh, <laughs> what Jackie is facing with the, with the plants. Oh my goodness. Uh, hey, yes. um, John and April, we love you guys so much. Thanks for yes. hanging out with us and talking. Oh, you're just the swellest people. And uh, I should also say thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Julie, for coming and hanging out with us. Hopefully, we'll get some laundry done tonight. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe. Good luck with that one. Thank you so much. Hey, as always, guys, you can uh, reach us over at Dudes and Dads Podcast at the gmails.com or our voicemail 574 213 8702. And just as a reminder, Andy and I, we don't answer that number. Uh, it won't wake us up no, if you leave it in the wee hours of the morning, but love to get a voicemail every once in a while. Dudes and Dads Podcast.com. You can find all the show notes and the goodies and uh, feel free to check those out. Uh, but uh, yeah it's been another good one we appreciate you guys tuning in and until next time we wish you grace and peace be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels